I looked at the manuscript and winced. Some kind of way I had gone off the rails. And, with the power of the creator of this magical world, I exercised my right by using find and delete and erased all traces of my mistake. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into how to find and delete all self-pity. I'll see you then. I was going through some things and it seemed to be seeping into my book that I was working on. And the funny thing is, is that if you would have asked me at that time, if I was wallowing in self-pity, I would have been like, no, not me, not me. But it wasn't until I was faced with what I created and and saw how I had tainted my characters uh, in this drab world of uh, self-absorption. I was like, Michelle, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And I had to snap out of it. Now, in the past, I've talked about four existential issues that we all deal with in some combination thereof. And I'm going to just do a quick little recap of that so that I can set this up real nice and and let divine wisdom knock it down with a wisdom smack for us, okay? So those four existential issues are One, resistance to life. That's where you can't fully commit to the life that you're in. You have problems committing all around. Have problems in your relationships. And I'm not just talking about people. It can be relationships with food, money, emotions, circumstances. You just quickly get to the point where you say, I am so over this. And your catchphrase is, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. This is enough. (laughs) You know, you are the person who is ready to be tired over it and throwing in the towel a lot. Okay. So you have problems with commitment. The second one that is going to entail a lot of what we talk about today is the victim. And when we talk about the victim, uh, this victim has three sides or three faces. Uh, The victim feels entitled because the victim views the world as an adversary and that no one has it as bad as they do. No one has seen the troubles they've seen. And this three-faced victim, it can be the victim, but they can also be the helper or the codependent um, judge. And so, and you can vacillate through all of those almost in one sitting. And so this victim uh, maybe the person who has this codependent relationship with someone where they feel uh, a sense of, of worth when they help someone that they deem less fortunate than themselves. But when the person that they help does not reciprocate or show them enough appreciation for all of their sacrifices, then they can quickly become the persecutor, the judge, and tear this person down or make this person feel guilty or other things. And then they then, you guessed it, 
turn into the victim. Woe is me. Why do I always uh, help people and they run over me? They talk about me. Okay, so we got the victim. And then there, the third one, and these are not in any kind of order. It's just the way I've always remembered them. The third one is self-identity. This is uh, looking out externally to get definition of who you are. Tell me who I am. Uh, always looking for uh, confirmation from others before you move. Got to get a lot of different people's buy-in before you feel okay to make a decision. And then the fourth one is worthiness. Uh, this one to me is the twin of resistance because where resistance is divine homesickness because you can't commit to this life. Uh, uh, worthiness is divine exile because you feel like you spend all of your life trying to prove that you're worthy to some unknown being or counsel taking score. And so with the worthiness person, they tend to be hypercritical. They suffer from procrastination and uh, they love to gather certifications, uh, degrees, knowledge. They hate being wrong. All of these things because they are encased in a glass uh, prison of perfection. And they want everything, no, they need everything to be perfect because they don't want to get dinged for not doing stuff right because that might hurt their chances of going back to this divine statehood of uh, wherever it is that they feel is the Elysian fields where they can, you know, uh, rest on their laurels. Okay, so those are the four. And with self-pity. As you probably guessed, victimhood shines forth in a mighty way on this, but all the other three can contribute to and have some, some skin in the game when it comes to this self-pity stuff, okay? So let's, let's, just, let's just dive into it. How about that, okay? All right. So with self-pity, now if you are not um, up to up to date on self-pity, the formal definition would be something like uh, excessive self-absorption in your hap- unhappiness. Um, you are self-indulgent in dwelling on your sorrows and your misfortunes and your troubles. And so uh, when you are in this self-pitying state, you are basically a victim. And the downside of this is if you don't watch it, uh, you can blame others if you are uh, a person dealing with the victimhood part of the existential issue. But there are some other sides to this, okay? And so self-pity, like I said before, it is it is horrible and it can be a insidious shadow that overtakes you before you realize that you are caught in its in its downward spiral um, that sucks the life out of you. And so as a person who had to fight my way out of this self-pity, I wasn't looking outward uh, because I've mentioned before that my issue issues uh, with these four existential are resistance to life and uh, uh, worthiness. Mine was that I was constantly putting more pressure on myself. Uh, the, the more I looked and magnified what wasn't going right, I also magnified um, how horrible I was at doing stuff. So I was beating myself up and I 
was losing my my status, my my mojo. Uh, people around me, they didn't say it, you know, because it's it's not polite. But I had a no confidence vote, if I if I could put it that way, a no confidence vote in a in a lot of areas because I couldn't show up and I couldn't be the person that I wanted to be because I was so self-absorbed and focused in this area. And it wasn't until I had a row with someone um, and I, I, I cowered. I, I was like, uh, I'm not worthy to state my, my point on this. And that was my wake up call because this person they, they loved me and they were like, wait a minute, you're not sticking up for yourself like you normally do. What's wrong with you? And it's it, it really hit me then. And I was so distraught that I was just like, you know what? I got to go. I, gotta, I just got to go. And uh, I left and uh, spent some time by myself journaling and uh, meditating and um, watching a lot of funny movies to snap out of this shroud of uh, a depression. And it didn't occur to me until some time after that it was self-pity, that I had been in this mirage of self-pity. And so during that time, I was like, you know what? I am uh, going to get I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to root it all out. I'm going to use the command keys of life and I am going to find and delete all self-pity. So lo and behold, I'm writing on a book that's, you know, that's due and I see it seeping into my characters and I'm I'm making decisions about what the characters are going to endure or conquer or go around and I was compromising them and I was like, nope, nope, nope this has got to go. And I was willing to lose a lot of words written because I said, and I meant, or what's that saying? (laughs) I said what I said was that self-pity has got to go. All right. So now this is something that I've talked about a little bit before, but there is a posture of uh, debilitation and you can tell when, uh, you, you might be having these issues. And for whatever reason, I didn't realize it. But this posture is where you are kind of bent over. Uh, like I said, you might not even notice it. But others will. You are, you're, you're not leading with your chest out. And it, it matters. And so, like I said, when I was trying to make sure that I get didn't get duped and I didn't get lulled back into this um, pain-pleasure prison of wallowing in self and uh, magnifying all the stuff that was wrong um, and just making it a, a self-sabotaging loop, I started noticing, change my posture, straighten my back, stick my chest out, and go. Go do something. Go somewhere go be about something. And (laughs) another thing was, not only that, put a smile on my face. And just by doing those two things, now I'm not going to tell you that all of a sudden the angels 
uh, saying is the heavens parted with a direct path to the enlightenment, but I am going to say that it started to help me to regain and retake back the ground that I needed to be able to be the best person I could be daily, warts and all. And see, that's the thing about uh, self-pity. Self-pity wants you to get your act together before it leaves. It want, But it's the thousand pound oppression sitting on your back weighing you down. So that's the weirdest thing. It really is. And if you're listening to this, I want to just pause right now. And I want to tell you that it's okay. If, if this is ringing some bells for you and you're like, oh my gosh, I have been having self-pity. It's okay. What I want you to do is I want you to dare to check your posture, check and see how straight you 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 walk, how open your chest is, and are you going and doing things? Are are you are you daring to put a smile on your face? And then after that, so we're talking about the physical. Now let's move into um, our head. Let's let's talk a little bit about the thought processes and all of that kind of stuff. There is this quote uh, by James Baldwin, uh, the famous um, American poet and novelist, uh, The Fire Next Time, and some other great works of his. And there's this quote that he said, and it was this. He says, anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor. And I wanted to put that out here because the state of being poor has little to do with financial issues. The state of being poor is a mental construct that becomes your reality or our reality. And this poorness is a byproduct of self-pity. Because if you don't watch self-pity, you will self-sabotage and you will become cloistered to this one little small area. I have seen people who, uh, when I was working, um, not working, but when I was doing like one of my internships, uh, we we had to go and deal with people who were hoarders uh, to the point where they had to be like torn out of their house because they could no longer live. And looking at the the mental constructs of what had happened trying to get a understanding a lot of them had the telltale signs of a life beat down by the cages the self-erected cages of self-pity and so that's another reason why I'm talking about this today i was like you know what let's just get there let's just go there you know and i want you to know that this is something worth fighting to to defeat this is something worth ripping out if you need to this is something that you cannot allow it to take root this is something that is a job for the weed killers i've talked about the weed killers before so i'll tell you a little bit about them again okay <laughs> all right and so the weed killers uh, if you think of people as a collection of um, components of a garden you have some people that design the garden. Then you have some people who plant the seed. Then you have some people who nurture the seed. Then you have some people who maintenance the garden by pulling out the weeds, turning over the soil, uh, 
bringing in fresh ideas. And then you have the harvesters who pick the flowers or the fruit or the veggies or whatever it is that the garden bears uh, fruit for. And these weed killers, (laughs) they disrupt, they snatch out the insidiousness that tries to take root and would overrun the garden and, and turn it to wildness. And weed killers can be very assertive and very aggressive. And there is a time for weed killers because too much weed killing and you do the very thing that you were trying to prevent. And that is you kill the dream, you kill the seed. You know, you, you make it so sparse that there's, there's not much that the seed can hold on to for nurture. But the weed killers do have their place. And when it comes to self-pity, self-pity is a very aggressive weed that must be rooted out from its very roots. It has to go. Because there's just never a place for it. Now, I have uh, read Psychology Today. They've done some things about why we need self-pity and all this kind of stuff. And I do ascribe to the belief that if we can experience it, it has a purpose. And whenever I think about self-pity, I think that its purpose is it came to pass, but it better not stay. And so to me, it is a uh, caution, a stoplight to help me to readjust because I've gone off course. And so to me, it's a warning system. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't glorify it at all. And that's just where I am. So I just want to make sure I'm letting you know that. Okay. So then there are some other things that I want you to do, because when you want to find and delete all self-pity, you got to know your stuff because self-pity will let you have some wins, but it will not get, it will let you have some battles, but it won't give you the war. And so there are other things that you need to know. So we've talked about uh, your posture and, and straightening your back, sticking your chest out and getting movement back into your life. We've talked about the mental constructs of understanding um, that you don't want to self-sabotage. You don't want to crowd your life where you can't move. You know, think about the hoarders who they use all this crap uh, as a shield around them to protect them from the hurts of the world. You don't even want to blame others for your issues and for the things that go wrong. I don't care if you say, I have proof right here that they did me wrong. You want to crucify that part of the victim that bask in that, that loves that, okay? And so then the next thing is, is you want to take the offensive. Instead of playing reactionary defensive, it's time to switch positions. It's time to switch our strategy. And there are two things that you want to do for this. And that is you want to put yourself under the microscope of examination. And when I say Do that the best way I have found for people who are determined to really start doing this is to journal about it. There is something about taking a stylus in your hand and writing from your heart. And it takes some time to write from your heart unless you're used to it. 
So it, and if you don't believe me, if you're not a journalist, try to do it just off the cuff. You're going to sit there. I've seen people end up doodling instead of writing things because um, the, the unfamiliarity was so impacted that they couldn't even write the, you know, to, to get them started in the flow of things. But give yourself an opportunity to do that. And you're going to be amazed and surprised. I have two books that, one that I have read and one that I'm currently reading. I'm not going to mention them actually today. I think, I think as I, I was thinking about them, I think wisdom wants, you know, to kind of, you know, have me wait for a minute. So today I'm not going to mention any books, but I am going to say these books involve journaling, uh, power statements, and all this kind of stuff. And just know that when you want to self-examine yourself for real, real, you will get down to it and you will write out. I'm talking about writing out everything, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. Write out who you blame, even if it's a divine entity. Write out how you feel. Write out the injustices against yourself. Write out all this stuff. It's a very cathartic. Cathartic means to have a grand release. It's a cathartic thing to do this. But be willing that once you've written this out, to go back through it and read what has spewed forth from inside and start to evaluate the areas of your being that have been impacted by these hurts. And that is how you start to move into uh, self-interrogation. And that means that you're now able to ask yourself the questions of how do we heal and move on from this? How to release and let go that? I have found that when I have done my own, that I had unresolved for uh, lack of forgiveness for myself. I've had others. Uh, I remember I used to uh, run a support group a long, long time ago, and we would do these types of things. And a lot of the group would find and root out old regrets. And those regrets were so old that they had become these, these emotional cosmic weights weighing people down. Yeah. And let me say this as, as I, it comes to me right now. Um, psychosomatic illnesses is when you have unresolved emotional impactments that need to be released that exhibit themselves in the body. And um, one of the things that I noticed during that time, because just, I just remembered it when I was talking about it, was that there were people who had shoulder issues. Uh, had, I, you know, it, I was like, wow, um, I actually had a colleague say, you know, ask them, have they had shoulder, shoulder issues, hip, knee, lower back? That'll let you know the areas uh, that they need to deal with uh, physically. 
so that they can know how to deal with the pity that they have in their life. Like I said, this was a long time ago. So let me go through them real quickly. So with the shoulder ones, this is the person who suffers with uh, a lot of the victimhood where they feel like they are helping everyone else, but no one helps them. And so their shoulder issues can exhibit itself as an actual break. It can issue its, um, show up as bursitis. Um, it can look like osteoporosis and many different things that afflict that area because they feel like they literally have the weight of the world on their neck, neck issues as well. Okay, so uh, lower back, lower back and um, hip area. Lower back especially is dealing with issues of money, lack thereof or trying to provide. Got a lot of um, guys at that time. It has shifted as our gender roles have become more fluid. But, you know, yeah, the lower back, that's where people have had issues uh, of dealing with not enough or the weight and the pressure of having people dependent on you for their sustenance. Hip issues, um, hips, not being able to push yourself into uh, your power. I remember when I was a runner years ago, honey, years ago, let me just say that, I used to have hip issues. And at the time, um, I was vying for, um, uh, I was still in corporate America, and I was trying to vie for uh, advancement at my company and I could never get it. I was thwarted every time. And it wasn't until I remembered that and I employed it that I was able to stop having those hip issues. And then knees. Knees um, deal with when you want to take action, but you can't because it's not your life. A lot of times you have people that they have self-pity because maybe they're raising, not raising, but they are, they have responsibilities, including grown kids or elder care. And you want something for, for someone who already has their own agency. And so you can't move for them. And thus, it makes you feel crippled and you start having knee issues. I could go on and on and on, but these are just some examples of physicalities that come up when you start doing these exercises of self-examination and then starting to do self-interrogation where you ask yourself the hard questions. And then that last part of that is when you are doing a find and delete all self-pity, I'm not going to say you have to do this every day, but until you feel like you are in the clear, I want you to do these self-examinations and interrogations daily so that you learn how to die daily. And don't, don't, don't freak out. I am not talking about killing yourself and making yourself beyond humble. No. Humility is great, but what I'm actually talking about is to die daily means that you learn something new about yourself or, or your world. You get some new insight so that you kill the person who you were yesterday that can no longer take you forward. Uh, what is that Einstein saying that the mind that created the solution, I mean, created the problem is not the mind that will give the solution. That is another take on learning to kill yourself daily. And I had realized at the time that I hadn't been doing that. And that's how my self-pity had gotten so bad. You see, I was using all my energy to focus on what wasn't going right 
that I was becoming allured by it, enchanted and dwelling on all my sorrows and misfortunes and troubles, which were, which were true. They weren't illusions. They were real, you know, but I was like, if I had been continuing to do self-examination and interrogation, learning new things about myself that I can move forward, straightening my back, keeping my mind right, I would have been killing myself daily to become the person who solves the solution. So let me just say this in the last few minutes that we have here. Thank you so if you've made it to this point. I really, really appreciate you. And I want to make sure that I give you the wisdom smack. And that is that if you are feeling beat down, if you're feeling like you just can't keep going, you can't make things happen like you used to, you might have too much pity around you. And this is not to make you feel badly. If you feel like you can't stick your chest out because you got too much, um, too many issues in your life that you have to focus on, it's time to cast that off. Like I said before, you can quickly start by just straightening your posture, sticking your chest out. Doesn't matter if you feel like it or not, do it. Putting a smile on your face. Doesn't matter if you know why, do it. And being strong enough to sit down in the quiet, take a pencil, pen, and paper. Don't type it out. I'm talking about writing. Connect your hand that goes to your central nervous system, that goes to your subconscious, and allow yourself to stream what the message is from your innermost wisdom that it wants to give to you. Write until you can't write anymore. And if you're concerned about somebody seeing it and thus you're a little shy, make sure you dispose of it. You can shred it, burn it, but be careful with your burning. You know, of course, exercise uh, safety. And, but just get it out. Get it out. And even if you burn it, release it in a good way. Understanding that as you destroy this, it no longer has a hold on you. And it might work the first time or it might take multiple times, but be willing to do the work to find and delete all, I mean every little bit of self-pity. The Bible says that we get a brand new mercy every day, grace and mercy. The grace is sufficient. And I just want you to know that Self-pity should always just come as a warning, but not to stay. It can come to pass, but not to stay. So guess what? Yes, you guessed it. My time is up. I sure do want to thank you for yours. You guys are so great. Thank you for listening and sharing with me. And please check the show notes. Send me uh, messages, feedback, those types of things. Let me know you're out there. And thank you to those who are supporting this podcast. Honey, I love you like the cake that I love, like a good Costco cake. (laughs) And also, uh, please consider you using our Amazon link when you do all your Amazon shopping at michellespiva.com forward slash A-M-Z. Yes, indeed. And that's going to do it for today. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom, serving you daily, honey. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. Much love and blessings to you, darlings. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.